Yes, welcome to the NBA panel. Writers and producers create content that entertains millions across the globe. Today we're rejoined by one of the legendary ones. Today we're rejoined by award-winning screenwriter and producer Rodney Barnes. Rodney, how are you doing? Hanging in there, brother. How are you doing? Everything's good, man. Thanks for joining me again. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Yes, man. You're still thriving legendary career um, from the Dan Wayne show. Chris Rock, everybody hates Chris Rock. Everybody hates Chris. Um, tell us how the ride's been for you, man. Uh, you know, there's no such thing as a straight line. Um, just keep moving ahead and hoping for the best. Sammy. Um, one show I want to talk about is the Boondocks, which is still talked about today, and people want to brought back. Um, what was the thought process behind that and that the culture shock it, it gave us all? It was a, it was a unique show. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the show kind of landed right before social media, and so we were able to say a lot of things without the kind of scrutiny we'll probably get today. Right. Um, I don't even think any of us knew at the time that, you know, 20 years later that people would still be quoting the show or you would see reels and memes and those types of things associated with yeah. it. Um, you know, you just throw everything at the wall creatively and whatever sticks, sticks. You never know. You know, if I knew what was going to work and what wasn't going to work, I'd be doing it. I'd be a billionaire. I'd be doing it over and over again. So <laughs> right. it, you just, some things resonate with people and it seems like that's one of them that did. Yeah, so a legendary comic writer. When did your love for comics begin? When did you first use love for comics? When I was a kid, um, my mother used to uh, do her lesson plan. She was a school teacher at the public library and I knew where the comic books were. So, right. I just, and I was like four or five years old, and I just sort of, I wasn't a cat in a hat, Curious George kind of kid. I was a Superman, Batman kind of kid. And this was the period where a legendary artist, Neil Adams, was doing a lot of covers for DC Comics. And I just loved those covers. And they just grabbed my eye. And I don't even think I could read, read, but started putting a story together. And I think the graphic storytelling. Um, appealed to me a lot more than um, conventional storytelling and prose. So I just stuck with them. And, you know, fortunately, as I've gotten older, comic books sort of evolved. Like in the beginning, they were sort of more kid-friendly. And then going through my life, by the time I was a teenager, you had guys like Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman who were damn near doing literature. And right. it stayed that way. So now... In the comics world, you almost have anything you want. There's so many comics made, you know, you can have the really hardcore adult fair and all the way down right. to kids. So I'm still in it. Yes, in 2017, you went into writing for your first love of comic books. Um, from the Berkeley from Patriot to to well-known Philadelphia. Um, how was those transitions writing? How do you go from comic book to comic book so effortlessly? Oh, it's this a lot more difficult than it seems. Well, you um, make it look easy. You make it look easy. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Uh, it's not easy. Um, I've been fortunate enough to team with a lot of great artists um, first, and I credit them with anything that's good about these books. Um, Story-wise, I think for me, finding stories that appeal to my sensibilities, where I see myself in the story. Um, and if I have enough time ahead of me to sort of know what it is that I want to say. Um, 
I usually end up with a result that seems to work out. Um, and I just dig it. I think it's a great writing exercise. You know, movies and TV shows take a long time to come together, but a comic book I right. can write in a couple of days. So it's a great exercise just to keep like shooting your free throws and, you know, getting better at it. Um, what's your thought process of writing a comic book? Like, well, how, how do you lock in? Same as writing any of the other things. I mean, I just sort of have an idea of where I'm trying to go. Okay. I sort of beat it out in my head and then I sit down at the desk that I'm at right now and I start to beat it out on paper. And then I keep going, keep going, keep going until gotcha. I eventually have a book. Yes, you've been giving you've been giving um sneak peeks about um story arc six of Philadelphia. Can you give us give us a little hint about that? Yeah, um, a little bit of a departure from what Philadelphia has been because we have so many guest stars of Spawn, Savage Dragon, Blackula, right. and Dracula. Um, you know, we just try to mix the book up. You know, in today's world, when you've been doing a book for thirty issues, that's like a long time, and I never wanted it to get like dry or get to a place where you could predict what's going to happen. So we sort of, right. I won't say moved away from the original storyline of the dead presidents and moved into a place where it's a little bit more genre centered, where you're dealing with actual horror and uh, more of a comic booky feel, but still the layers that you're used to with Philadelphia. It's a weird kind of mix, but we just wanted to mix it up and have some fun. Yes, over your legendary career, you've been nominated and awarded on numerous awards from the Peabody Award, being nominated for a BET Comedy Award. How is it for you having your hard work? Well, you, like I said, you make it a little easy <laughs> being awarded, being rewarded. I mean, it always feels good for your peers to acknowledge you. It feels like sometimes when you write, writing is a lonely um, journey. I spent a lot of time in a room by myself trying to figure out stories and you know, you start five, six in the morning, you look up, it's 10, 11 at night, and you right. wonder where the time has passed. So anytime people appreciate what you do and or are willing to recognize you in some way, um, it always feels good. Uh, what do you like most? What do you like most about being a screenwriter and producer? Um, I mean, anytime you get to create, you know, be creative for a living. And it's, it's a good thing. I mean, I think for me, I'm six, eight, I'm over 300 pounds. And I always thought making a living would end up being, I use my body. I would be at one time I thought basketball, football until I realized I was sorry. And then, um, you know, I, I figured a security guard or something, I would do something with my body. I'd be lifting, moving, right. whatever. If you'd have told me, I would be using my brain for a living, um, primarily. Uh, right. I would have told you you were crazy. So being able to be creative is uh, the honor in and of itself. Yes, yeah, so it's bringing us to the les well. Yes, I can say it. The legendary um, winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty. Yes, the Lakers are one of the, one of the greatest franchises in Bay history. Magic and the Lakers went to the eight with the eight finals in the eighties. Um, that show. Tell us about the thought process and the attention to detail. The attention to details you guys put in that was phenomenal, from the actors to the scenes, everything. Well, I think I'm really fortunate. Anytime you see a show that size, with the amount of detail um, applied to it, as you said, 
you really got to give it up to virtually every department. I mean, from hair, makeup, wardrobe, camera people. Um, it, it was like an all-star group of folk who really came to the table with their hearts and put it on the line. And, you know, it, it's a blessing to be a part of something like that. Um, right. They don't, all, all of them haven't been that. So just honored to have been a part of, you know, a great, really, really great team. Um, can you tell us a little about the selection process for the actors for Winning Time? I'm from Adrian Brody, and Quincy Isaiah, John C. Riley. Yeah, like every, actor, every actor, every, I'm sorry, every actor you guys picked was like the perfect fit. Yeah, it starts with our casting director, Francine Maisler, who did a great job, um, you know, with that. With, it was, I think it was a nationwide search for um, our magic and then so many other actors, you know, who came on board. Um, I would give it up to her first, you know, because like I said before, with the all-star cast of folk, you know, from various departments, you have to put casting in there, too, and right up at the top. Definitely. Um, for you, how do you know if a project is the right fit for you? Because you have a lot of a lot of projects going across your desk, I'm sure. You have to select which ones you, you feel you can go to work with. You never know. Um, you hope. And oftentimes uh, it comes down to first, well, it comes down first to the material and whether or not you connect with the idea of what the material is going to be. Okay. Then it comes to the people that you work with. You know, sometimes you end up with great people sometimes you end up with challenges along the way but it always comes down to the people because it's still at the end of the day you're going to work and you hope that you get to um bond with people because life is still happening while you're at work so you hope that you really get a good group of people to work right. with and i've been fortunate for the most part in my career that um that's been the case You know, the NBA, obviously. I grew up watching Michael Jordan, uh, Magic Johnson. I love the NBA, which pushed me to help to do, start this. Um, for you, what were some influences that helped you over your career to help you become the great storyteller you are right now? I'm a lot of reading. I'm a fan of a lot of writers. Um, most of the people that know me know how much I love Stephen King um, and writers, you know, of that ilk. Um, far too many to name, but. You know, I think once you feed your brain the good stuff, you know, it, it helps you sort of make the best of what your voice is. And right. it takes a lot of emotion. I mean, you talk about basketball and sports in general. The better teams emotionally are so focused and into the game and passionate about being the best that they can be that those are the people that – in Endure. I'm always fans of a guy like a Floyd Mayweather who, even if he has money, right. still comes out and brings the best out of himself. You know, a lot of times you see, you know, guys like, um, well, I won't say any names, but they're fighters who they get the big payday and their career right. changes and they never get back up there again. And, you know, I think in my case, being able to approach every gig, every opportunity, like it's the last, um, has served me well. And again, always in a place of learning, always in a place of trying to be the best that I can be. Yes. And you stay busy. You stay busy. Your newest project, um, podcast series, Run Fools. Tell us about it, which is launching very soon. 
uh, tomorrow. I think yes. uh, the first two <laughs> episodes drop. Um, excuse me. They built a little studio for me. And um, I, uh, I record like two, three episodes a week. And uh, it's a horror themed, um, it's a horror themed project where I basically read scary stories to you um, and try my best to sound spooky. And, you know, I think it's a lot of fun. It's the type of thing where when I was a Boy Scout, we used to go camping. And the right. thing that I love, I hated camping in general, but I would love when there would be a fire, a campfire and Scoutmaster, whoever would try to tell us a scary story. And, you know, that's basically what this is. And, right. you know, I'm old enough that I remember radio shows like Orson Welles and, you know, Water Worlds and different things when and the podcasting thing has gotten so big now that we decided we partnered with Mr. Ballin and Atwill Studios and um, Campside Media. And we're going to try to scare you every week for the next 48 weeks. So we'll see how that goes. I'm sure it's going to be a success. I'm sure of that. Yes, from um, Chris Rock to Key and Peele, you work with the greatest, with the best, and still work with the best in Hollywood. How's it for you teaming up with the best and be able to bounce ideas off of each other? Uh, it's always, you only get better by working with better. Um, yes, and, yes, yes, yes. And I've been fortunate that, you know, a lot of people who come and if you open your mind and your heart to the idea of collaboration, you can learn a lot. And yes. for me, coming from a place of where it took a long time before I felt like I belonged, um, you find the common traits and the great ones are that they really humble themselves to the process. And right. I try to do the same. And because you always can pick up something, you know, you always can pick up some way to do what you do better if you just listen or what not to do sometimes. And so right. it's an honor. It's an honor. How was it for you becoming a Hollywood mainstay? Uh, I don't know if I believe that quite yet. Um, I, outside has, looking in, outside looking working. in. <laughs> yeah, but but we know pictures sometimes can tell the story that people we put upon them. I mean, yeah. I've been fortunate that I work um, continuously. Um, yes. And because I've been able to work continuously, I'm very grateful for that. And yes. That's what I look at. Mainstay, I mean, people come, people go. Some really great people um, right. can come and go. So for me, I try to keep it quiet, keep it low, just keep working and hope for the best. And when the ride ends, the ride ends. But just do my best. Yeah, you continuously put in work and continuously give us great products, great productions all the time, all thank the you. time. Rodney, thank you so much for your time again. I definitely will be able to get sooner this time. Thanks again for your time. Always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you, brother. You take it easy. I appreciate the time. Appreciate you too. All right, man. All right. Yes, that was award-winning screenwriter and producer Rodney Barnes once again joining me. Thanks for your time. Yep.